Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Today, I'm talking about pathological lying what it is, and how it compares to normal lying. We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. Pathological lying used to be called Pseudologia Fantastica. I like saying that. And it referred to people who told multiple outrageous lies that would border on the fantastic. We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. And those were more than just simple lies. These would include elaborate details that seem questionably believable, and when you challenge the person on the details, they tell even more lies to make the story work. We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. The motive behind the lying wasn't always clear, and sometimes it was just to impress people. We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. Well, there you go. Southern Cal head football coach Lincoln Riley addressing some of the uh, the anger out there about uh, the view that he poached players from his old roster at Oklahoma after he took the uh, the head coaching job out there in the Pac-12. And he says, no, frankly, that's not the case. We took the players from the transfer portal. As the rules state, once a player enters the transfer portal, he's open to being recruited, and that is what Lincoln Riley alleges happened. Say the text line, someone's saying, it's like saying, no, I didn't get McDonald's, I got DoorDash. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's funny. Um, You know, it's – I – if I was in Lincoln Riley's position, I would – I guess you you don't know how the whole process played out, but if you've taken a new coaching job and players that were on your old roster enter the portal, contact you about wanting to play for you, I mean, your duty is to get the best roster that you can. Sure. So I understand that. But to to not act as if there's anything there at all and you know it all go if the whole or if the original situation was handled differently everything that he says would be viewed differently right well i think we're forgetting a key component in this and he's talking about the transfer portal and and yeah maybe there were just guys that wanted to go play for him whatever but what about the guys in this uh, in in this uh, upcoming recruiting class? What about the right. Malachi Nelsons? What about the Relique Brown? And something I went back to last hour is, you know, there is a right and a wrong way to do things. And whichever side that you're on, Mulesu really kind of cleaned house on that 2023 recruiting class at OU had. And yes, a lot of those guys were from California. But basically, all those guys are either uh, committed to USC right now or not committed anywhere, decommitted from OU. Well, Brent Venables had a situation where Jaron Kanak wanted to come to OU really, really bad, and he told him, no, go to Clemson, man. It's still the place that you fell in love with. To me, that's the right way to handle it, and it does not sound like that's the way that Muleshoe handled it. I get it, man. You've got to get the best players. You've got to win right away. There's a pressure to do so. 
but there's also a right and a wrong way to do things. And I think that those two situations right here show us how these two different guys handled it in two totally different situations. Right. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Um, there's there's a lot to it, honestly. And there's a reason why I, the Caleb Williams situation is just another example, right? That was a, and I don't know that Caleb Williams knew before he accepted the USC job, but right away, you know that there was, um, like Lincoln Riley planned on having Caleb Williams as his next quarterback. How do you know that? Because Jackson Dart and family, uh, stated or told people that they were upset that while they were talking to Lincoln Riley, they they found out that behind the scenes he was setting up a NIL deal for him. And I believe all this was before any of the transfer sure. portal well, stuff. Yeah, I mean, come on. I, right. The moment that Caleb announced USC, which I think was exactly a week ago, it was uh, it was USC all along. Now, right. now wasn't it? Right. So, I mean, there's just, there's a whole, the whole lineup. It starts with the the way he answered the question post bedlam game about LSU, right? I will not be the next head coach at LSU after saying all along that he wasn't going anywhere. Okay, and then a- around that same time, you had the lie or the you, it's a lie. I guess there's no other way to try and paint it, but the timeline, like. He had, he had never really even thought about it. Then all of a sudden, during a two-hour phone call, he said yes, right? That's another mistruth to where everyone is like, well, when you say something ridiculous like that, that tells us, like, is now nothing you say can be believed. And then within a, a week of that, you've got a coach that's on the current staff, Roy Manning, who you're telling is going to have a job with the USC staff, yeah. and he's recruiting players for both sides, yep. right? Yep. So that adds to the list. Like there's, you just keep going, right. and yeah. that's why people are salty is because all the the lies or uh, mis- misleading statements at best along the way. Trying to dig himself out of a hole, but in reality, he's just digging himself deeper. And you know, there's some people and some athletes that thrive on being hated. You know. Yeah. He he is not one of those individuals, and your whole theory about he's trying to change the narrative a little bit on him, I, I think I, I, I buy into a lot of that. I definitely think that that's going on because he's as disliked by far and away, man. He's never been a disliked guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and now he is, and I don't think that he knows really how to handle that, and I think that this makes him – very uncomfortable for a guy that likes to live privately he's kind of out there in the open as much as he's ever have been I think it's really really uncomfortable for him and I think that you know maybe now he's having to answer some questions that are extremely uncomfortable for him to try and answer because you got to answer some of those questions out on the recruiting trail and here's the other thing it looks like too is the He was given a really long honeymoon, and we talked about that, you know, during the the last couple of years of his tenure, and I made a joke of it, basically saying, 
it's been amazing how long Lincoln's been able to avoid any type of um, criticism from the local media. And, you know, there's there wasn't there's not necessarily a whole lot of things that are right out in the open that you can look, point at and say, like, this is a huge mistake. Why did you do this? It's not like there was a lot of stuff, but there were times where you would think he'd get pushback on things and never did. And in the year, the season, where he started to get pushback, it looks like he just said, ah, screw this, I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> it's kind of... Yeah. This could be an all-day um, all type of thing on the Air Cover Solutions text line. We've got so many good ones coming in. My wife didn't take the kids in the divorce. She took them from the custody portal. The custody <laughs> portal. That's Not right. only does he look like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead, his stupid laugh after saying we didn't take players from Oklahoma sounds like Beavis. Let's see. We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. It's I'll, just missing I'll, a I'll, I'll, I'll let it happen. At the end. <laughs> That's Beavis. Yeah. Just a little bit of uh, a laugh there. For a guy whose mouth doesn't open very wide like a normal per- person, a whole lot of blank sure comes out of it. Yeah. I like I do like that uh the herd is basically going to have a daily open invitation to Lincoln Riley. Oh, Lincoln Riley. I love it. He coming to the West Coast. People are smart. People are progressive. It's what he wants. I heard him this morning doing that. Like rolling my eyes. Chase says, Chase in Orange County. It's kind of like Muleshoe going to a strip club and explaining to his wife, the ATM made me take the money and the strippers just took it from me. Yeah. Yeah, you're nothing more than uh, just a conduit between the two. I think the deception really began when he gave that answer about why he was missing from his press conference that one week. Quote, oh, the answer is a whole lot more boring than what you think, end quotes. Yeah, then why didn't you tell us there, bud? Yeah, I don't I don't know what the – there's theories abound, right, about what, what was going on there. Uh, very strange – don't know if we'll ever know the the honest truth on that. And well, that's, that goes with anything. We're not going to know the honest truth on anything, man. Are you kidding me? We'll know everything but the honest truth with this guy. Well, yeah. You know, one of the things is just look at Brent Venables, right? Oklahoma engaged Brent Venables about the head coaching job. He knew he wanted it. But he also knew – like what he needed and what what demands he had that were absolutely you know paramount that the job hinged on okay and like though there's negotiations on all of that it doesn't it's not a two two hour conversation start to finish right yeah. and the other thing that it he's hiding behind it's the first time I've ever talked to any other school. He's hiding behind the fact that his agent's been negotiating with him the whole time. Well, yeah. Right? I'm not going to LSU. I mean, it's just that it's the whole semantics. I, I, I don't yeah. know. I, whatever. I, um, I, I truly believe, and hey, I was dead wrong. You made fun of me for it. You make fun of me for it. I thought he was going to be a longtime coach here, man. I really thought he was going to be. Whoa. Thought he was going to be. A He's longtime not. coach? You've really backed off that lifetime. 
I didn't say I didn't ever say lifetime. I said I thought he was going to be uh, here for a long time. Okay. I I think um in Next the grand thing you're going to say, I said he was going to be here for a while. Yeah. You're going to slowly change the verbiage Come there. on, man. <laughs> no, I, I think that this is going to be, for the most part, a pretty short stop out there at USC. Really? Yeah, I do. On uh, to the I, National Football League? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't think that this is going to be a six- or seven-year stop. I think it's going to happen pretty quick. Arizona to Coach Kyler? <laughs> Doesn't sound like Kyler's going to be there. I don't know if uh, if he starts putting up more cardinal stuff on his Instagram page. Maybe that's a sign that Mule Shoes is about to go there. Well, I don't know. I don't think. I, I don't know. Uh, from what we've heard about that relationship, Kyler may want um, Old Cliff more than he wants Mule Shoe at this point. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, it'd, it'd be funny if you looked at Lincoln Riley's page and he uh, followed Arizona Cardinals. Right, that's saying he wants to be there. No, I, that whole thing is. Uh, that whole thing is interesting. It's Bob, crazy how much can be talked about just by who someone does or does not follow on social media. Journalism in 2022. Uh, Bob mm-hmm. Stoops coming up next. Teddy's going to ask him if he would uh, answer a phone call or not from the previous head coach. <laughs> it should be fun. Why are you dialing up the pressure on me? Why don't you just ask the question? I'll ask him what he thinks about Caleb Williams going to USC. How about that? I'll, okay. meet, you, I'll meet you halfway. All right. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Uh, Coach Stoops joins us next. It is the rush on the ref, Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers, bringing you our number one of the rush. We hope to catch up with Bob Stoops here momentarily. I'm sure he's got a busy day going on. I, I, I want to ask him because, you know, Brent Venables hasn't coached a game yet at OU, but he's already set a program record. And I want Bob's thoughts on the 91-minute press conference <laughs> that Brent Venables uh, gave to the media last week, which uh, I'm going to guess holds a uh, press conference record at OU. Now, I didn't watch the press conference, but I had many post-practice conversations uh, with, with Brent Venables. So I'm sure he set a record for the longest press conference at 90 minutes. But probably answered three questions. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 seriously. Like, it was at the 50-minute mark, and I'm like, he's only answered, like, six questions. You'll ask him a question. He'll get, he'll get to the part of, like, what he really wanted to ask you, but then he'll still make a wave. Like, it's, he still circles back around to answer your question in long form. So right. you ask him a question, it's going to be 10, 15 minutes or so. It's, it's pretty incredible how it works. Yeah, it is. I remember, I think... Coach Venables was either the first, prob- I think the very first guest that Dusty and I had on air whenever we started doing radio. And I remember remember being like nervous about having him on, um, you know, so I had like a ton of questions to get to. And I seriously think we asked, like, 
brought him in, asked him one question, <laughs> like Brent made a done. couple of comments, nice. and then that was it. <laughs> nice. I love that. Uh, we got Bob on now. Bob oh, Stoops. This is brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Bob, we were just talking about the fact that uh, Brent Venables hasn't coached a game yet, but he's already set a program record for that 91-minute press conference <laughs> that he had last week. Uh, were you hanging on every word like every OU fan was last week? It was, it was pretty cool to hear. Uh, actually, I wasn't able. I wasn't able to to be on, but um, it doesn't surprise me. Get used to it. Brent's Brent's all go, man. He's gonna as uh, d- no one could tell you better than Teddy. Um, <laughs> my man got one gear, and that's uh, that's full speed. So uh, uh, he's uh, he's fantastic. He's got a great passion for the program, for the players. You know, the to for the game. And uh, it's natural to him. So uh, you can't make this stuff up. That's, that's just who he is, and I can't wait to watch it. No, it's been fun. Um, they they landed, end up being the number eight recruiting class in the country, and you were a big part of that, you know, getting that thing rolling there in December, and uh, they've been able to close it out here down the stretch pretty nicely. And I, I – thought one of the great things about this recruiting class, Coach, is there's some good local talent in there, and we've talked to you about that before. But there's there's guys that are spread at all different spots. You know, there were – here recent years we recruited well, and mainly on the offensive side of the ball, some skill position stuff. But this class really spans all across the, uh, the spectrum of position groups. Yeah, and that's – you know, that's Brent um... – He's going to get the best guys, and he's going to get guys from us watching them and they're and they're knowing them, their personalities. You know, uh, it won't be just on stars. He's going to get yeah. guys that fit our program, the toughness, the attitude, the way they play. Look at you, Teddy. Uh, I don't know how many stars you had had. Probably not a whole bunch. <laughs> no, you're a Butkus Award winner, a great player, four year starter, or however many years, a great player for us. And we've had a ton of those guys. You find the right ones that fit your program, they win for you. And uh, and they do, you know, and, and Brent's going to find those right the right guys. And and I love I'm with you. The guys we had here locally are were are incredible. I uh, love love everything I've seen from them. I'm so appreciative to all the ones I got to see, not just locally, but around you know around uh, Texas and around the country, you know, that week that I went out to just ask them to give us a, you know, have some patience, give us a week. And they did. And most of them that were, you know, that weren't from California stayed with us. So that says a lot about the kind of people that we're bringing in as well. And, and I love it. Um, I was so impressed with the people I met, the young, the, the players and their families going around that week. Coach Bob Stoops is our guest. And on that week that you were out there recruiting, obviously Brent has taken over now and he's done great things in recruiting. The staff is solidified. He's doing big things. What do you feel like your role within the program is right now? Uh, you know, whatever Joe Castiglione, you know, our athletic director, uh, whatever he and President Harris believe I can help, that's what I'm going to do as well as Brent. You know, uh, I think everybody's aware of, really how close Brent and I are and uh you know and it's been said and it's true I mean Brent he we I recruited him to Kansas State he came up as a player under Mike and I 
And then he lived with Mike while he was in Manhattan, Kansas for a good while. And, you know, I, you know, was part of helping get him on staff at K-State with Coach Snyder. And, I mean, uh, he, he is like a brother to all of us. And, um, you know, so uh, whatever he needs, he knows all I want is for the best for him in the program. And I'm, all, I'm always here for any, you know, uh, help I can give. And uh, that's it. So I don't know. I don't know what my role is. I don't need one. Um, but I'm I'm always here and willing to help. You know, with the with the the signing period done, 2022 class wrapped up. You know, there was a lot of interviews across the country to to all the coaches out there about you know how this season of recruiting went. And you know, the, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M has the number one recruiting class. They had seven five star kids, best recruiting class. Texas A&M's ever put together. There's a lot of rumors about how they pulled that off with NIL stuff. And you got Lane Kiffin saying they got to pay a luxury tax for their recruiting class. And my question is, is is this sustainable? Because this is really the first year we've seen the first recruiting cycle with the NIL stuff. And I don't know how much truth there is to the rumors about Texas A&M and their NIL fund or whatever, but... It just seems to me, Coach, that this this Wild West isn't sustainable. Are we going to see the NCAA do anything? Uh, I would guess so. Um, you know, uh, this is um, – yeah, I, I would think they'd find a way to, you know, to find ways to put some type of parameters around it to some degree. And legally, I don't know how many – how much they can do. It's going to be uh, tough. To, yeah, so, um, so I don't know. But uh, – you know, we'll see. This is uh, just the beginning of it all, and we'll see where it goes. I do uh, appreciate Coach Stoops for starting a new Friday tradition with our listeners because now everyone uh, tweets at us on Friday. They don't have one rock and roll tequila bottle. They have <laughs> two rock and roll tequila bottles of the strawberry flavor, and they're all autographed, of course, like, yeah, ready for a big weekend. I guess people need two of those rock and roll tequila bottles instead of just the one. So, Bob, we appreciate – I know everyone out there appreciates that new uh, Friday tradition that, uh, that you've started with us here. Well, I, I'm not sure what it is, but uh, <laughs> me either. People are doing Friday's it though. Always, Friday's always a good day to have a little bit of rock and roll tequila. It never hurts. Yeah, yeah no you, doubt. You got to have one on the mantle, and you got to have uh, one ready to go. I guess. Yeah. Hey, um, Bob, did you have any thoughts on Caleb Williams uh, picking USC last week? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that's a big surprise. I, I think it's what. Everybody, you know, was anticipating. I, I sure was. So uh, I wish him the best. I'm, uh, I, I really like the young man being around him, and especially those last couple weeks that I got to, you know, be around the team and coach the team. He couldn't have been more pleasant and positive and helped us win a really good game and played a great game, you know. So, uh, you know, young people, I wish them all the best, want the best for them. And, um, you know, hope hope he does has does has a great career there, and I uh, really do. It's okay because I I believe whoever's going to be you know uh, I'm I'm confident in the quarterbacks they brought in here at OU that they're going to they're going to do great for us, and and so uh, I don't think um, just like I said that there isn't any one coach that's OU football, or anyone any one player that's OU football either. So uh, we'll be just fine, and I, I do I truly wish him the very best and uh, appreciate what he did for us in the time he was here. You know, and 
you mentioned the guys they brought in. I think we got a good, strong quarterback uh, group in there right now. And uh, Jeff Lebby was asking or was answering questions last week and said, you know, someone asked about a quarterback battle, and he said Dylan Gabriel's our guy. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you: is it is it beneficial to be able, like, especially if you've got a new turnover with the new new offense that everyone's going to be learning? Is it is it more beneficial maybe to to have one guy that everyone knows is going to be the starter and, and as a team you can kind of rally behind him, or is is competition no matter what always the best way to go about it to get the best out of guys? Well, I, I think all circumstances are different every year depending mm-hmm. on the experience that's back and the experience that's competing for it. And I mean, let's face it, this guy's thrown for over eight thousand yards. Am I right there? Something like that. Yeah, it's crazy amount, 78,000 yards, 70 touchdowns in only like 26 games. So let's be real here. 70 touchdowns over 8,000 yards, I mean, that's pretty good experience. <laughs> so, and, and a guy that's already been operating in this system. So I, I don't think we could have hit it better. I really don't. And, uh, and I think they're right. Uh, just because of the difference in experience, Um. You, you know, it isn't. Now, there'll be other years there will be competition. But at this point, and, and the difference in experience and success that they've already had, it makes sense to do it the way they're doing. I don't know if you've ever been to a Super Bowl or not, but this year would be a pretty good year to go if you've never been to one before, Bob. I was at one uh, in Houston. I went as a guest with Toby Keith, who was, uh, you know, was entertaining at the Super Bowl. So we had all access, everything behind the scenes, everything get in easy. And it was still an absolute pain in the, you know what? <laughs> so, so that, that was my last one. So, and I, we had everything taken care of and I still wouldn't go back. Uh, it's, so, uh, it, it's the Super Bowl's the hardest football game in the world to watch because there's such a party going on and there's so much around it. It's hard to sit down and actually enjoy the football game but if you get a chance to in this one you got some players in this thing man it's it's awesome to watch what cincinnati has done oh i love it and uh zach taylor of course the head coach from here at norman guy uh uh, we played him when he was at nebraska love it for him uh his family our guys you know uh that are that are there with cincinnati uh love seeing our two running backs uh, you know, Joe and Samaje, and, and I know uh, uh, Jordan Evans is on the team, and uh, it seems like someone else also, but uh, I know I think there's one more. But anyhow, and then, you know, we got some guys, you know, they're on L.A. as well. So I, I'm just, you know, I love watching our guys have success and be in games like this, and I just root for them all to, to really have great games and, uh, you know, and, and play well. And, um, you know, I am an Ohio guy, so I probably got a little underlying current for Cincinnati being from, from Youngstown, Ohio. And, and it's been so long since they've had any success like this. So, uh, so anyhow, just, uh, really excited to watch, watch the game. This segment with Bob Stoops brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Last one, 
Uh, we have this big graphic up right now on our Twitter page, Bob, and we're letting like the uh, listeners decide which single high school in Oklahoma ha- can claim that they produce the best OU football talent ever. Um, it- it's just funny that some people on here are saying like, whoa, I didn't know that the town of Lawton has produced the type of athletes. Like, yeah, Bob alone out of Lawton, out of one town, you got Antonio Perkins, DJ Wolf, Larry Burdine, Jamal Brown, Javon Harris, Dom Whaley. I, I don't crazy. know if I'm thinking about anyone there, but that's six big-time players just from one town during your time. Yeah, I uh, haven't looked at it that way, but now that you bring all that up, it would be hard to beat that, no, no doubt. Well, um, the one that I'm is kind of the trump card is uh, Eufaula with the uh, Salmon brothers. That's the hard one to beat. Watts. And J.C. Watts. <laughs> Well, that even though there's not as many, that may trump it. Those are some pretty special ones. What about Fort Gibson? Oh yeah, just uh, only a, two, just a ton, just a ton, ton of guys just pouring out of the the uh, program there at Fort Gibson. A lot of fun, Coach. Hey, we appreciate you stopping by. I know you're busy. Uh, always fun to chat with you. All right, guys, good to be with you. See Have ya. a good day. All right, Coach. That's good. Fort Gibson, man. Yeah, I didn't make the list. Sorry. I it's I, I I ran out of room is why I didn't put you on the or put it on the list. Well, we'll we'll get there. It's we've got some good things happening there. We've got some good players coming. Ada, up. Oh, we'll talk about next segment. Ada's so sneaky with Dan Cody, USS Vaughn, mm-hmm. Mike Vaughn, Brandon Daniels, Jinx is stout like you can imagine. But man, if you can just consolidate Lawton. Buddy, that's going to be that's going to be tough, tough to man. Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on.